Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Smitty. Still no Tyler for you guys this week. Uh, hoping he's back next week. I really don't want to do this three straight weeks, guys. Uh, with me, same as last week, is Eddie Provident. However, no Danny Shirey this week. Um, it's going to be, not that Danny didn't do a great job of talking football with us, but I'm saving a lot of hockey talk for next week post-trade deadline. Uh, but today, going to be very football heavy. Eddie, what's going on? Not much, man. Not much. A lot of football to talk about, dude. I, uh, you know, from the last time you and I talked on camera, a lot mm-hmm. has happened in the NFL. Yeah, it a lot of that quarterback busy, conversation just became lot, null and void. Exactly. And I, the, <laughs> the comment section was pretty funny because literally we record. So for those of you who don't know, I know you said you don't want to give this away, but for those of you who don't know, we normally record uh, the podcasts like the night before so that they can get edited and posted to YouTube. Uh, we try to wait as long as we can so that they're as relevant as possible. Uh, but uh, by about uh, one o'clock on uh, Monday afternoon, uh, it was completely, completely um, a waste of a po- <laughs> a waste of a podcast when it comes to the football. Well, yeah, at talk. least the, that Steelers talk because most of it was yeah. about the quarterback position. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Um, if you glad, were glad somebody that I was that right, listens, glad that I was right about Mason Rudolph starting. By the way. <laughs> if you're somebody that listens to the show and just in then maybe you did get your fix in before that news came out if you're somebody that watches on youtube and we're waiting for the youtube video to premiere at 8 p.m yeah, yeah that throw it out the window at least that Steelers talk which like i said was a, a a big portion of the show um so yeah we're gonna talk a lot about the Steelers and all the free agency signings don't want to get into that yet though uh we talked a little bit about it last week with baseball being back uh really the big thing here the pirates might be like fun to watch at least in spring training with some of these guys that are probably gonna start out in triple a i think a lot of people are gonna be pounding the table for onu cruz to start in the majors however as dk has said as alex has said down in bradenton covering the team the sense that they get is that's not going to be the case yeah. he only was in indy for six games last year before they gave him that cup of coffee in the majors to kind of reward him so i think that the assumption is he's going to be in triple a same with Contreras, and those are two guys that you really uh want to see in spring training so like i said it's it's going to be a fun team to watch in spring training <laughs> mm-hmm. that's not going to translate to on-field results when the pirates roll around at least right away 
but at least like here early in the the portion of spring training, it, it's been cool to see what's going on down there. Yeah, I mean, I think that the first few spring training games, uh, you know, again, you you have to take it for what it's worth. All it is is a couple of spring training games, but I do think that there's some reason to be optimistic when you look at the way that O'Neill Cruz is playing, when you look at the way Cole Tucker's swing looks, his he looks like a different baseball player right now, man. I, I'm really excited to see, you know, Cole Tucker and what I, he I can bring to the table. Into that until I see I, it. I, yeah, yeah, I know. You got to see it uh, for real. But I, I mean, I'm excited to see because he had towards the end of the season last year, he had some pretty big games. He had that one monster game. Uh, where yeah. he had like two or three amazing catches, uh, you know, home run. Uh-huh. I mean, he really, really looked like he figured something out. So I'm excited to see him. I'm also excited to see what they do with the pitching because all offseason on Instagram, Mitch Keller was the superstar. You know, Mitch Keller, everything that we saw on those Instagram posts and all that kind of stuff. And from what I've heard from DK, what I've heard from Alex, and what I've heard from Jason Mackey and a bunch of other people, Mitch Keller looks like he did figure it out. Now, he took that line drive. Yeah, he took that line drive uh, in his first start of spring training. And uh, Derek Shelton said they shut him down. They didn't even like think about it. They didn't even think twice about it because it was early. And I think that was the right call. So we still have yet to see him really put a lot of work in in spring training. But the bullpen sessions, he's looked really good. And I'm excited about that. Roanzi Contreras looked really good against the uh, was it the Tigers they played on Sunday. Blue Jays. Uh, or Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Looked really good against the Blue Jays. Uh, you know, he was four or five pitches and and you know above ninety nine. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's there's some reason to be cautiously optimistic as Pirates fans. Yeah, that uptick in velocity is really what you're looking for with Mitch Keller. DK's talked about it a lot. Hitting triple digits, he was hitting 100 miles per hour in those videos, and uh, yeah, they're they're circulating, and people are starting to wonder is Mitch Keller figuring it out? And the only thing that I'll say to that is I'm kind of viewing him the same way as a pitcher that I'm viewing Cole Tucker as a hitter. Like sure. you know the the rumors of that being the case, the early signs of that being the case. Okay, that's fine. Let's see it. You know, put to work, put to action uh, when the games do really mean something. But no, I I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean I, yeah. I think it's fair to be. Co- I mean with this whole team, it's fair to be skeptical. Um, with the whole organization, really. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to look at it a little bit of a glass half full where they they do have some talent in the system. And whether it's going to come up, you know, this season or the season, you know, next season or, or mm-hmm. what, we don't know. Um, but I, I do think that we're seeing some of these guys that we've we've heard about for a while in the minors and we're getting to see what they actually do have to offer. So that's exciting. Yeah. For sure. It's also a very exciting time of year for Penguin fans, hockey fans in general with the trade deadline. Uh, by the time that you listen to this or watch this, it may have already passed. Like I said, next week, we're going to be talking a lot about that on the show. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if the Pens are going to or will have made a move by this point. But I think that it's interesting because on Sunday, you start to see some action. Actually, Saturday, like Claude Giroux going to the Panthers. Um, I, I think I thought that that was going to start a flurry of things like early mm-hmm. trades before yeah, the too. deadline rolled around. Um, but the one thing that I want to point out, Penguin fans and, and Canucks fans have kind of been like watching each other's teams, right? As the scouts are watching the teams as well. The Canucks offload um, Travis Hamanick. To yep. Ottawa, which by the way was a weird uh, trade, and Ottawa for, gave up a, a pick in that trade, third round pick. Like, yeah, yeah. What what are so, they doing? But so I think all of a sudden you're looking at, and then Friedman for the Penguins signs a two year extension. Two-year deal. So I'm not I think saying that's the writing that, on the wall for either Marino or Pedersen. What what I, Danny was talking about last week. I, it's it, I think it's the writing on the wall for one of the two of those guys. 
Yeah, and I, I definitely think that there's the case to be made that that is. I think that like on the reverse side of that, you could just say, okay, you know, why not? It, it's kind of like the same thing that they've done with Chad Ruido in the past when he was the seventh defenseman. Now Friedman's in that role, at least as of right now. So, uh, but two years as opposed to one year is a little bit different story, like it was with Ruido. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of in that same camp though because of Vancouver opening up a defensive spot, like I said, with moving out Hamonic. Yeah, and then the Penguins <laughs> signed Freeman to a two-year extension. It's just like, okay, no. these two teams have been talking for a bit. The Penguins would be offloading a defenseman in this proposed trade. So the Vancouver three just got rid of now, now the three names from Vancouver that we're hearing are tra- or um uh, Connor Garland, uh, Brock Besser, and um, uh, there was a third JT Miller. Uh, I know DK has been pounding the table for uh, for JT Miller. He's the local guy. He does have yeah. a lot of scoring pop. Uh, G- Danny last week was really on the Connor Garland train, which is happens to, that happens to be where I'm at as well. I'd love to see Connor Garland in Pittsburgh. Uh, mm-hmm. I can also see. Uh, I think Brock Besser is going to probably cost too much just because of the name, and he's the captain, and you know he the upside on him I think is probably a little higher than the other two guys. But he's also um, you know his I think his floor is a little lower than those guys too. So Connor Garland for me is still the guy. Uh, what do you think? Same. I, I've been of that camp for a while. It's weird that Brock Besser is actually of the three, the least that I want. Uh, not just, I do think that like pedigree wise, he has the highest ceiling, but all of his production really is coming on the power play this year. And that scares yeah. me because I'm not so sure. Is he even a guy that would play on this first power play unit? Who are you and taking off? Who, who are you taking off the first power play unit for, for Brock Besser? Yeah. It, it, that's I'm where not I'm taking at. any of them off. That's where I'm at with that. And it's like, okay, maybe his five on five production would see a jump, you know, playing next to an Evgeny Malkin and Danton Heinen with his right. playmaking ability. But I'm not banking on that. And for a guy that relies solely on his shot, which is a really good shot, and I think the Penguins need that scoring, I would rather have a guy that drives play and finds different ways to score five on five, like a Connor Garland, who can maybe still impact your second power play unit if you put him on it, but doesn't, you know, rely solely on that for his mm-hmm. production. Uh, so right now, the way that I'd rank those three is uh, Garland, Miller, Besser. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. Uh, I think Miller has more to offer this team than Besser does. And then the the only other thing that I've seen online, that, but I don't understand how it would work, I saw a rumor that uh, the Penguins were – well, that the Oilers were looking at and interested oh. in Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah. This, the Penguins would have to retain – salary for that to work and i don't know who the oilers have as a forward Mm because that's what the penguins need to send back to pittsburgh in return so while that maybe that opens up some cap space you know maybe capping in for a trade or for a for a pick uh opens some cap space up for the penguins because even if they retain let's say you know half of his salary that still opens up two million dollars in change, you know, two and two and change uh, that you could put towards a forward. So uh, maybe that's a thing, but uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I just don't see it, man. I, I I don't see that really being a fit, and you know, I, I think it would be a a one hundred percent an Edmonton Oilers type move for them to do something like that to get a guy like Kapanen that they think has a lot of upside, and then he ends up flopping Edmonton too but uh, I would be yeah. uh, I, I don't see that I see anything else being more Edmonton than that 
Yeah, I think if the Pens were in need of like a third or fourth line center, they could maybe be trade partners if they were willing to ship out Derek Ryan, uh, yeah. who's, who's a bottom six guy that scored double digit goals two of the last three seasons and this year has eight. Um, but there's the Penguins don't have the need for that. They're looking yeah, for they some, don't need a bottom six guy. They they need they need a, a scoring winger right now, man. Yeah, does not fit the bill. So I, I just I don't see them as likely trade partners. So yep. it's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a Steelers heavy show. So that's all we got. We'll see if the Penguins have made a move by the next time that we talk. I'd love to get Danny back on here. Tyler will be back next week. So hopefully a lot more Pens talk for you guys. We're talking well, about the hopefully hopefully Ireland. Tyler doesn't have the uh, travel luck that you have and he'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe he won't be back next week. If that's the I don't know if he's using Delta or who he's with. Uh, don't worry. Delta's not a sponsor of the show and never will be. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a lot about some Steelers football. This is around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Smitty. That is Eddie. I almost said Tyler, but I caught myself. Thank God. Uh, Eddie, we got to talk about the Steelers. Um, a lot I don't know to move, talk about, man. I don't know which move to bring up first. I guess we'll start with the quarterback position, the most important position. We spent a lot of time last week creating the scenario where Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback for this football team and how it still could work out okay if all the other yeah. pieces were in place. Um, the Steelers at the very least have brought in, and we knew that they were going to bring in one or two other arms to compete with him. But this feels like because of everything that we've heard prior to free agency starting surrounding the name Mitchell Trubisky, that he is going to be the starting quarterback this year with the way that it's being presented. I mean, there's been a lot of pub about his press conference. Don't get me wrong. I see a world where it is more of an open competition, but I feel like you're not. (laughs) I'll be honest. I don't want to say say open competition. I don't want to say that's that's not actually because we had this conversation. Yeah, I had this conversation with Sarge, and I said the only way that I see it happening is like if Mitchell Trubisky literally loses the job, like does everything completely wrong. But it's not going to be an open competition. That was the wrong wording on my part. On top of that, uh, I want to say it was either Monday, maybe Tuesday. DK's daily shot of Steelers. He said flat out that you know one of his sources inside the inside the team said that it's not an open competition. This is not a, uh, you know, a, ba- a QB battle. This is Mitch Trubisky's job. So, Hey, I, you know, like I'll be honest with you. I didn't think that the, when I said Mason Rudolph was going to be the starter, I did not think that the Steelers were actually going to go out and get a quarterback. I didn't think they were going to spend money on a quarterback. I didn't think that they could get Mitch Trubisky at the number that they got Mitch Trubisky. That's the other big thing. Yeah. I like, unless like, Unless the Steelers go to the Super Bowl and and he ends up being you know first team All Pro, this is a really really team friendly contract. Um, the only thing that's I, fully guaranteed is a signing bonus. The yeah, so 
Exactly. So this isn't like you're paying this dude a ton of money. And and that was my whole point last week was don't do something where you're going to have to spend 10 to 15 million a year on a quarterback when you have all these other needs and not to get into all of the other moves yet because we're talking about Mitch, but this is exactly what they needed to do if they were going to get a quarterback. I just didn't think they'd be able to get Mitch at this number. I figured if it was going to be this kind of number, I figured it'd be a Jacoby Brissett or a Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor or somebody yeah. a little, you know, a lesser quarterback. Like I didn't think it would be Mitch Trubisky, who arguably, free agency wise, arguably the number one quarterback on the market. Arguably. I mean, you still got Jameis Winston, you still got um Marcus Mariota, but he's definitely top three, I would say, cool. as far as the is the uh the free agent quarterbacks go. Not talking about trades, which we'll probably get into. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think when you break it down even more for what the Steelers were looking for, Trubisky should have been at the top of that list. He fits uh, the offense of, perfectly. Right. And I, I so I think, you know, everything that you're saying, I definitely agree with. And it's it's crazy because that number that we were creating in our heads was based off of, OK, this guy's going to have five to seven suitors for a starting job, you know, and then it really sounded like he came down to either Pittsburgh or going to compete with Daniel Jones for the starting job in New York. Which, but also he he was pretty adamant that he wanted to come to Pittsburgh. Like he was pretty yeah. excited about Mike Tomlin. He was pretty excited about the city. He was pretty excited about being Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, next in line. You know, the guy to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Which, hey, I gotta give him a dab on that. If you're that kind of competitor, competitor, then I'm I'm kind of excited to have you, you know, on my football team because n- not everybody wants to fill the shoes of a you know first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback that won two Super Bowls. And pretty much was the was the man in the city, you know, like, yeah, that's a hard that's a hard task. And and he's accepting it and he's embraced it. And, and I'm excited to see what he can do, man. I really am. Yeah, I'm not trying to knock Mason, but I think that the difference there is, you know, Mitchell Trubisky came in here, literally brought up Ben Roethlisberger's name and is talking about succeeding him. Whereas like Mason Rudolph just calls him the, the Hall of Fame quarterback that was here. Yeah, right. And, exactly. And tries to make it seem like, OK, he's out of the way. Now I'm the guy. Like up until when Trubisky well, came to town, Trubisky's also from Northeastern Ohio, so you know yeah. he had a relationship with Ben Roethlisberger prior to this. So, and I'm sure it was a better relationship than the one that Mason Rudolph and Ben had. Everybody knows that wasn't a great relationship. Yeah. I don't care who's at fault. It just that's it wasn't a great relationship. One other thing I do want to mention though, last year at training camp, um, while I was there. One of the things that I noticed was, and I, and I think I'm not saying any anything that anyone didn't know. I mean, I think this was pretty common knowledge for anybody that went to one practice. So this isn't like an insider kind of thing. Like this is this was pretty apparent when Dwayne Haskins, Josh Dobbs, and Mason Rudolph were running the offense for the you know in in camp. Yeah. Um, it was a very different offense than the offense that Ben Roethlisberger was running. Mm-hmm. There was more play action when those three were running were running the offense. There was more motion when those three were running the offense. There was a lot more moving the pocket uh, when those three were running the offense. Uh, a lot more um, creativity, I think, would be the word to use. Uh, I'm not using that as an excuse for Matt Canada and what we saw from the offense uh, this past season. But I will say this. Mitch Trubisky is a better quarterback for a Matt Canada offense than an old Ben Roethlisberger. He can get out. Yeah. He can move the pocket. He can play out of the pocket. He can be that threat to run for twenty or thirty yards a game, maybe more sometimes. Um, he's you know he's got a good arm. His arm is lively. Uh, it's not like he can't get the ball down the field. So um, and he's not afraid. Like I'm not saying Ben was afraid of play action, but 
everybody knows where the Steelers were when it came to play action offense the last mm-hmm. two or three seasons. They were dead last, next to dead last, and I think like 28th or 29th. They they didn't have a play action game uh, in that offense. So now with a running back like Najee Harris and play action to go with that, I, I again, I'm same thing I said with the Pirates cautiously optimistic about this offense and what it's going to look like going into the, going into this season, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I am literally like anybody that follows me on Twitter, know the way that I've bashed Matt Canada. Uh, since I've been the same hiring. way, man. I've been the same yeah. way. Yeah. But it's, it's, I'm not disagreeing though with anything that you're saying. So to me, like the whole thing with him is if you're an NFL offensive coordinator, I don't think that like you should have to have your specific personnel to make the offense work at right. the same time. I agree with that. If, if that's going to be the case, if there's going to be an offense that is going to work for Matt Canada and be able to to get something out of out of his offensive scheme, it's, I mm-hmm. think it's going to be the, the pieces that we're starting to see them put in place, not just with Trubisky, a mobile guy running the offense, but, you know, some of these other guys that we're going to bring up here in a second on the offensive line. Yeah. And another thing to, to end the quarterback talk, I actually think that Dwayne Haskins is a better backup to Mitch than Mason Rudolph would be. Because I think Dwayne Haskins plays a uh, when he's at if if Dwayne Haskins can play the game that we expect Dwayne Haskins to play, I think he's more like Mitch than Mason is. Mason just I mean I know he had a couple of plays where he got out of the pocket and uh, against Detroit and you know made some you know made some things happen with his feet, but Mason's very much a pocket passer. Mason's very yeah. much I, I wouldn't call him lead footed, but he's very much like. He's going to sit there and he's going to try to throw the ball downfield and he's not going to move much. Where Dwayne Haskins isn't, I wouldn't call Dwayne Haskins mobile, but Dwayne Haskins can get out of the pocket and move around some. And so I actually wouldn't be shocked if Dwayne Haskins shows the Steelers that he can at least be competent enough to run run the offense in preseason. I wouldn't be shocked to see Mason get traded or, or see him out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I know that like cautiously, I, we're throwing the word cautious around so much in this episode, but I know that like right now there's there's pause because it's like, man, would we really feel comfortable if Dwayne Haskins had to play in an NFL game right mm-hmm. now? And season's not starting I'm, right now. I'm, I'm not there I, yet. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I get what you're saying. And I also want to bring up, you know, so say Haskins goes through training camp through the preseason and it looks like he's the second best option. And like you're bringing up, like maybe Daniel Mason out there to a QB needy team. Look at they, they got a fifth round pick from Jacksonville for Josh Dobbs yeah. when they needed a quarterback after Nick Foles injury. Yep. So I, I'm not I, I wouldn't rule out them being able to get something of value. I mean, a fifth and round that pick opens up. Nothing. Yeah, that, that's going to open up a little bit more cap space for them if they need to do something due to injury, you know, like there, there's that, that yeah. does a lot of things for the team. Again, there's so many things that are going to happen between now and the draft and then the draft and OTAs and mini camp. And then, you know, mini camp training camp. Like there's just, there's so much, this is all speculation right now, but it is exciting to have an off season like this where we're talking about a new quarterback and, you know, like, don't get me wrong. We were spoiled with a hall of famer for 18 years, but it is exciting to see what they're going to do next. And, right. you know, that's, Speaking of, couple new offensive linemen, uh, which is what I'm excited about. Uh, yeah. That is that's got my you know I'm I'm an O line guy, uh, Miles Jack, uh, Levi Wallace. I mean James Daniels, Mason Cole. What do you think on what do you think about the rest of the free agency uh, guys that came in? Oh, and yeah. uh, can't forget 
our main man with the John Deere hat, <laughs> Gunner Gunner Oche- o- Ocheski. Did I get that uh, right? Something o- like I think that. It's Ocheski. Ocheski. But, yeah, it, it's yeah. close enough. But uh, my man is like a he. He would fit right in in McKeesport. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like he he just looks like he came right out right off the bus from McKee the Pat bus from McKeesport. Went right to Heinz Field and said, "All right, sign me up." Yeah. No. I, hey, all pro. I know that's it. Hey man, hey, yeah. I'm I, I'm excited to have a kick returner that's an, that was an all pro. I, no knock on Ray Ray, but I'm excited to see somebody that might be able to break break hey. something in that in that. We haven't had that in a while. Shout out to Ray Ray though. I'm excited to see how San Fran uses him, and he's yeah. got the chance to to earn some money up there. Based yeah, Ray off Ray, crew, exactly. So. Ray Ray. I'm I'm happy for him to get an opportunity. I'm happy to see James Washington get an opportunity. I think that. Uh, you know, I don't think that the Steelers used him wrong. I just think for whatever reason, it didn't work for him in Pittsburgh. I think he has a high ceiling and, you know, Dak Prescott's a great quarterback to go to. If you have a high ceiling, they just traded Amari Cooper. So they have, you know, they have a need there. So I'm excited to see where these guys went. Also, if we're talking about receivers that are leaving Pittsburgh, we can't not talk about Juju. Um, doesn't seem like the Steelers showed much interest in him based on what uh, Kansas City gave him yeah. uh, in the contract. But, uh, you know, it's a business. I get it, but I don't know. He's that honestly were, where he should have been last year. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's many guys that I young guys that I respected the way I respected Juju and right. I, I don't, I shouldn't say past tense. I respect Juju. Everything he did for this community, every did everything he did for the football team, um, how you know, approachable he was, how funny he was just, you know, all the times that like, you know, he was at Children's Hospital, you know, like I think his rookie season, I overlapped with him at Children's Hospital when I worked there. And, uh, you know, he he was there a lot, man. He was with, you know, just always, always, always doing things in the community. Uh, nothing but the best for Juju. I, I hope that I hope Kansas City works out for him. And I really hope that he does well there, gets all of his incentives, hits everything that he can other than the Super Bowl. I'd, you know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, shout out to. Yeah, shout out to Juju though, man. Good luck with good luck in Kansas City, and we we'll, we will definitely miss you in Pittsburgh. Tough division to go to uh, with all the action. Everybody's going to the AFC yeah. West, um, but a lot of turnaround, like we talked about on this offensive line here. How can you not be, in my opinion, their best free agent signing? Even Miles Jack is like the splash one because he was right. the former number one rated linebacker of his class. Would have gone top ten if he didn't have a knee issue coming out of UCLA. I wanted um, him but- from UCLA bad that year too, man. Yeah, but James Daniels, uh, former Pro Bowler on the same team as Mitch Trubisky in yep. Chicago. Um, to me, this is this is the guy. This is the free agent of this class so far. We'll see if uh, <clears throat> Tyron Matthew comes over. But uh, James Daniels, to me, is really the foundational piece. He's a guy that you can build off of. He's still only 24 years old, but he's got four years worth of starts in Chicago. Uh, can play both guard spots or center, so he's got that flexibility for yep. you. Uh, this is like a foundational piece, in my opinion, for this um, offensive dude, line You know, it, going forward. Not just this year, yeah. obviously. He's three year deal, 26. but I think yeah, he's twenty six, so it's not like he's old. Um, I I love it, dude. I, I honestly am with you. And for me now, when you look at this offensive line, and I know everybody's tough on Chooks. Chooks is great. Chooks is a great pass blocker. He needs to work on his run blocking. But the thing with Chooks is he's such a big athletic dude that I think that he can figure it out if he has the right coaching. I think he can figure it out. And let's be honest, as much as I like Adrian Clem, the person, he didn't really do much for this offensive line last season. So as far as coaching wise, I don't think. And so now you bring in the new offensive line coach and you 
you know, you you give Chooks this money and and you you know you really empower him. I I think that he's going to be better in the run game. He we know what he is in the pass game. You know, like we know he's a good pass blocker. So now you have Chooks at tackle. You have James Daniels at guard. I would assume it's going to probably be Mason Cole at center, just just based on what we saw from him on his tape the last three years. He he played center the last three years, correct? In 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 Minnesota, like for the yeah. most part, yeah. He actually graded out better at guard, though. To be honest with you, I I think that the thing with center is well, he's a big center, so he's like contra- yeah. contrast from Kendrick Green. He's right. six five. Um, so I, so I, I think the biggest thing with him is once he snaps the ball, getting in a good position. Yeah, um, but, he gets beat sometimes. So, but I mean, he can't be. And I, it, this is no. I mean, again, nothing personal against Kendrick Green. He was a rookie guard that they tried to move to center. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't be worse than Kendrick Green. It's that it was, you know. So right. I mean, you know, it's hard to be worse than that. So again, Chooks, Daniels, Cole. I assume maybe Dotson if Cole gets the start at start at, uh, at at line. You know, go ahead. You're saying something. Here's the thing with this. Okay, everybody, I think thinks like you see Daniels come in, you see Cole come in. Which by the way, Cole's the one that's 26. James Daniels is only 24. Oh, okay, okay. Like and real quick, I want to just bring up these guys' ages too. Dan Moore, twenty three. Kevin Dodson, twenty five. Mason Cole, twenty six. James Daniels, twenty four. Chooks is only twenty five, and he has See, all that experience already. Yeah. Uh, but what I want to say is, like, we know going back to last year that the fans are really the ones that are high on Kevin Dodson. The coaching staff clearly never does not was. feel that same they, way. They never were. No. Like so, I think everybody that's assuming that this move for Daniels and Cole kicks Kendrick Green to the side. I think that you need to start thinking about the possibility of it being Kevin Dodson on the hot seat and then willing to give Kendrick Green a second chance, whether that's at center or his more natural position at guard. And I think that this is going to this training camp is going to be really interesting because we're going to see what a lot of these dudes are made out of. Um, you're going to see now, you know, Kevin Dodson's been, like you said, been put on notice. Kendrick Green Green has been put on notice. Uh, so now you get to see where's the competitive spirit of these guys. Are they competitors for real, or are they just going to roll over and let these guys take their jobs? Um, so I, I I don't think there's a there is a bad way to look at any of these signings, man. I I am so so impressed with how the Steelers did it. And the biggest thing um, that I think with these the the most underrated big thing with these contracts is how team friendly they are. Yeah, they're structuring a lot of them, and, and we'll talk about the others when we get to the corners as well in, in Miles Jack, but they're structuring a lot of them as if it's like one-year prove-it deals, and mm-hmm. then it's like we're either going to extend upon them, or if it doesn't work out, that's it. You're only yeah. here for one year. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Omar Khan gets a ton of praise yes, for, he does. for his job. Like, dude, he you know, is I, a I, wizard, man. He is a numbers wizard. That dude is, every year he he amazes me with what he does. Yeah, like I, I so I, it's almost getting to the point where we can't say that he's an underrated piece for the front office because of how much that at least we bring him up. Yeah. Um, but still, like I don't think that he gets enough appreciation among like lead circles for the work that he does. Um, well, he's not so, a football yeah. guy, so that's the thing. Like he, you yeah, know, he, you always see him get get uh, interviews, and it's it just he's a numbers guy. That's what he is, and I think the Steelers recognize the organization recognizes how important he is to the to the organization. So they, I, I don't think anyone's gonna outbid them for Omar Khan, you know, he'd have to go for a better job somewhere else, you know, to leave Pittsburgh. Cause I don't, yeah. I don't think the organization is ever going to not pay that man. He is well, worth, like you're saying, he's worth everything that they give him, man. 
not being a football guy, you know, what exactly is what he's the ceiling of what he's hoping to achieve in this line right. of work? I don't know. I mean, he could easily be, you know, the highest paid at his position. He might be right now. I honestly don't know if he has aspirations of being a GM. I'm not so sure that that's going to happen in Pittsburgh because I, I think that Pittsburgh is going to opt in. This is me just speculating opt to go more of the scouting background. Um, when that hire is made, but I think, you know, maybe we see him brought in as like an assistant GM, but still kind of just sticking to what his duties yeah. are, but just giving him that title and a pay raise and really just, you know, yeah. rewarding him for the work that he's done Absolutely. Uh, with the numbers. And so it, go ahead. No, I, I finish up on con. Cause I have one before we go to break and talk defense. I got a question for you about the offense. I got one more question for you. Okay. Did you, did you have anything else to say about Omar? Um, no, because <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of cut you off there. So, okay. Uh, so the last question, I'm going to go jump back to quarterback Okay. with everything that they've done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you see them looking at a quarterback in the first round or do you think that they are going to treat Mitch as a, let's see what he is this year, because if he's our guy, we don't need to draft a quarterback. Right. Or do you think that if a if they have a chance that let's say Malik Willis is is available at thirteen or fourteen let let's just say like you get to the you know thirteenth fourteenth pick of the draft and Malik Willis is there yeah do they trade up to get Malik Willis or do they say you know what we're gonna give Mitch a year to prove it that he's our guy so I. The reason that I'm, I, I don't think that they do that, by the way, I think that people are just are thinking that like the Steelers are so in love. And I'm not saying that they don't love Malik Willis. This is just the vibe that I get. I think the way that it seems like they're so enamored with him is because the Steelers finally up to, you know, signing Trubisky and even after signing him weren't looking for a quarterback up until right now. And then all of a sudden quarterbacks on the radar and he's like the first guy with right. this really high ceiling of the class, the first class that they need a quarterback. So I, I you know, last year, who would have been that guy? You know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Like, I, I don't know who that guy would have been. Um, but I, I don't think that it's literally as um, there's as much smoke as people want there to be. I'm not saying that it wouldn't happen if he falls to 20. I just don't think that I don't see the Steelers being aggressive in the position that they're in. I think that they took the free agency approach so that they could take the best available player at 20 without having to make that jump up. Um, honestly, like as infatuated as people think that, that Tomlin has been with Malik Willis, I could make the same case, if not more for a Jordan Davis out of Georgia, <laughs> for a George my, Pickens. You know, the way Dave, that he's talking Davis about some is, of these other guys. Yeah. I know they need a receiver now, man, but Jordan Davis is like, that. that's my dream scenario, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, maybe they continue. We, free agency is not done. Maybe they continue to address it, and that is, you know, where the route that they can go, and maybe even make them move up for him. We're talking about moving yeah. up for quarterback, but moving a couple couple spots, you know, if if he starts to slip a little bit. Um, you know, I even I'll, made an argument against myself for taking Jordan Davis because I don't know how much he would get onto the field, just looking at the way that we've used traditional nose tackles and stuff in the past. Um, but you know. Well, let's. Why don't we take a break and then we'll talk defense? Yeah, because we're true. already we're we've we've, we've, we've gone way back. <laughs> we can talk about the free agency <laughs> yeah. signings as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's take a break. Per Eddie Provident, when we come back, we're going to talk about the defensive side of the football with the free agents, potentially the draft as well. This is around the four one two on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network.
and welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Smitty. That is Eddie Provident. Let's talk about some defense with the Steelers. Your favorite side of the football, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a... <laughs> I, the little bit of football I played, I played linebacker and defensive oh, okay. defensive tackle. Yeah, bounced around. So I uh, Jack Lambert was always my hero. So defense is my side of the football, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for Miles Jack is the one man. I, I like. Look, Levi Wallace is great. I'm, I think he's gonna be. He's gonna fit this fit the system good. I th- mm-hmm. getting getting a killer Witherspoon back was huge for that secondary. And you know, I know they're gonna make a move somehow, some way with uh, it. Um, it's safety. You know, yeah. we can hope that it's Honey Badger, but, but whoever it is, you know, like whether it's bringing Edmonds back, whether it's him. Uh, there's a few other guys out there. Uh, Dude, the one that's got me going is Miles Jack, uh, and I think that's the one that's got most of the city going. Um, it's just it's exactly what this defense needed. I think he's exactly what they wanted Joe Schobert to be, uh, just a better version of it. Yeah. So I like I said, I think James Daniels was their best free agent addition. I think Miles Jack was the the best, like the most splash yeah. addition that they've made, um, like because. The, the highest pedigree of the guys. You oh, know, yeah. Like I said, Without he would have been a top 10 pick in the draft had he not Without had the knee issue coming out of UCLA. And, and like I said, when his draft year, I, I wanted, when he fell to the second round, I wanted the Steelers to to, to get him so bad. Um, yeah. I, I know because of the knee injury, they, they didn't. Um, but that was the dude that I, that was the guy that I wanted to see them get. And uh, so I'm happy to see him finally in Pittsburgh, man. And he's still only 26 again. Yep. You know, Team Omar Khan deal. working his yep. magic. It's only four and a half million dollars this year, and if it doesn't work out, yeah, and it's sixteen total, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, for for a starting middle linebacker that can be, you know, a Pro Bowl type guy who's great in coverage, I'm taking that all day. I'm taking that all yeah. day, man. You hope, like you said, I think that it's again another off-ball linebacker that you hope is what you thought you were getting last year when you acquired Joe Schobert. Yep. Uh, now you get his Jacksonville teammate from a couple years right. ago in Miles Jack. Um, but yeah, this just this has the feeling. As soon as he was released, I, I just this was the one that I felt like okay, this makes the most sense for the Steelers. We obviously yep. need something in the middle of this defense. Um, he had as many tackles last year as Micah Fitzpatrick. So hopefully that means that we won't see guys getting to at least the third level. If the defensive line Look, uh, doesn't, the defensive line is going to play better than it. Yeah. Th- like anyway, let's, but. let's be real about Minka. I, I mean, I know Minka, everyone wants to talk about how Minka didn't have the season that we're used to seeing Minka have last year. He's played as a linebacker. But, yeah. Let, let's, let's break down this defense a little bit. Okay. Why were they terrible against the run? Why were they getting gashed in the running game? Because their defensive line was not what they expected it to be coming into the season. Tyson Alualu was out for the year. Stephon Tuitt never played. And you were basically cycling uh, Chris Wormley, uh, Carlos Davis, and Monty Adams. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk. Oh yeah, Isaiah Loudermilk was in that was in that fold too. So it's you're a valiant effort, but yeah, you're you're rotating guys who one are new to the to the defense. Let's let's be real about that. They're new to the defensive mm-hmm. scheme, and none of those guys are starters. Those those guys, at least last year, I think Loudermilk has the chance to be a starter. But all of those guys, realistically, are guys that you're supposed to like bring in to spell your starters to give them a breather. So you didn't have your starters on the defense, two of your starters on the defensive line. Cam Hayward had to do, uh, you know, had to basically be Superman on the defensive line. Look, TJ Watt, rightfully so, got all the got all the shine 
uh, this year on the Steelers defense. But but if it wasn't for TJ Watt, I I really believe that Cam Hayward would have been the team MVP and possibly would have had a little bit more of a running as a you know NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think he would have you know beaten out uh, Aaron Donald or Micah Parsons, but I think he would have at least had his name in there if it wasn't for TJ Watt. I say that because of this. You've got the defensive line messed up and not playing well. Okay. So that affects how your inside linebackers play. If your if your defensive line cannot hold blocks and stop the offensive lineman from getting to the second level, your inside linebackers are going to struggle. And I'm not blaming that uh, for Devin Bush, but that has something to do with Je- Devin Bush and Joe Schobert. Okay, it's part of the equation. It's yeah. part of the equation. And now you compound that with Devin Bush played bad. He was not the Devin Bush that we knew from his rookie season. Joe Schobert was a huge disappointment. He was not the guy that they thought that he was going to be when they signed him or when they traded for him in the preseason. So now you've got your inside linebackers underachieving. So now it goes to the next level. Minka Fitzpatrick has to do everything. He's got to stay in the middle of the field. He's got to stay up closer to the box. He can't roam and be a ball hawk, be a ball hawk like we we know him to be. So he wasn't getting the interceptions that he could. And then when you take a play like that Henry Ruggs play uh, against you know against the Raiders, that bomb that that uh, when Minka it looked like Minka got burned. Um, the reason why he wasn't back in coverage to help Akilah Witherspoon, or no, it wasn't Witherspoon. Did Witherspoon get beat? Yeah, yeah. Witherspoon got beat there. The reason why is because Minka Fitzpatrick is so focused on stopping the run and helping out the linebackers in the defensive line that he can't get back. You know, when when a bomb goes and to be that safety help sometimes. So all of the I'm not saying all of Minka Fitzpatrick's issues, but I would say 90 percent of the the issues that we saw with Minka Fitzpatrick last year were due to the defensive line and the inside linebackers not being what the Steelers expected them to be. And when that happens, that really messes things up for your safety who's supposed to be the ball hawk, who's supposed to be the big-time playmaker. So now you get Miles Jack in there. You shore up the defensive line, hopefully by people getting healthy and maybe in the draft. We talked about Jordan Davis at the break. Um, now you start to like rebuild that middle of the, you know, the, the heart of your defense. I, I think we're going to see a very, very different Minka Fitzpatrick this year, man. I, I think Minka Fitzpatrick's yeah. going to be the one who who uh, who gets all of the. He's going to benefit from this the most. Yeah, when you have a good front seven, yep. the biggest beneficiaries are going to be the guys in coverage, and I think that that's why you know they don't need to go out and spend. Listen, I was advocating for a J.C. Jackson. I would have loved him on the Steelers, mm-hmm. by the way, but it's it, it lessens the need for a guy like that for a guy that you can put on an island. Yeah when you have the pass rush that we've seen the Steelers have year after year after year after year, and we expect to continue, especially with a guy coaching the outside linebackers and Brian Flores that loves to blitz as much as anybody in the league. Um, so that's why you can get by with your two outside starting corners being a Levi Wallace and an Akella Witherspoon. Nothing against those guys, but they're a perfectly fine CB pair for what we expect the Steelers defense to look but, like. But look at that. Get after the yeah, exactly. And look, look at the, the t- 2009 defense, which is one of the mm-hmm. best defenses that I've watched, you know, for the Steelers. Uh, that 09 defense, again, I'm not saying Ike Taylor was a bad corner. Oh, I love Ike Taylor. By any stretch of the imagination. I think. Ike Taylor was probably a top 10 corner for his time when he was in his prime, but it was Ike Taylor, the Shea Townsden, um, you know, Chris Hope was back there, you know, Willie with Gay. Willie Gay. These weren't world beaters. Like these guys, these guys weren't, 
you know, top tier corners in the league, but they were good enough to hold guys in coverage just so that the, you know, the pass rush, whether it was Joey Porter or James Harrison or whoever, you know, was coming off the edge there, uh, Lamar Woodley and those guys, they were good enough to give those guys time to get to the quarterback. And that's all we're asking. That's all the Steelers are asking Levi Wallace and Akilah Witherspoon, Cam Sutton. That's all they're asking these guys to do. And I, I think we're going to see a lot more Trey Norwood this year. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked what we saw from him his rookie season. So that's all they're asking. Just just hold really? these guys so that TJ Watt and and uh and you know uh Alex Highsmith and whoever else just just give them time to get to the quarterback. And that's all we're asking. That's all the Steelers will ask of the uh defensive backs this year. Yeah, when we were talking about the offense, we didn't bring up the need for a backup running back, but they definitely need to add that somewhere yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to flip it around and, and say to that same point on the defensive side, we haven't really talked about like a third edge rusher. Yeah, they, they need definitely to get need somebody. To find one of those yeah. at some point as well. And I don't know that there's somebody last year that I, I mean, you know, you saw some glimpses from Taco Charlton, Derek Tuska, but I, I don't. I would like to see a little bit of an upgrade in that. Yeah, same, spot. same. I'd like to see I, somebody with a little bit more pedigree or somebody with a little bit more skill. Well, it could have been Melvin Ingram. Room, yeah, but <laughs> didn't buy in. But uh, yeah, matching two year eight million dollar deals for Witherspoon and for Wallace. And again, structured kind of like a one year deal that second year, they'll either extend upon it, let it play out or cut bait just depending on what they do in year one. It's it's pretty much the same thing that they did last year with Cam Sutton's two year deal. They felt like, OK, he showed at least enough. We we're going to bring him back on that second year of the deal, but not necessarily extend upon it, at least right now. Mm-hmm. So they're going to let him play out that final year, that two year deal. Um, so I, I have no problem with these with these matching two year, eight million dollar deals. I like them a lot. I think that they are perfectly capable CB pair for this defense with the way that we expect them to apply pressure. Wanna want to just talk about the inside of this defensive line, though, because we're putting a lot of faith in Tyson Alualu at his age coming back from a, you know, it wasn't just an ankle fracture. There was ligament damage there too. Yeah, was a a lot, lot of people thought he might hang them up due to that at his age and the injury that he had. Also, Stefan too, we keep hearing like there's optimism. He says he wants to play again. You know, there's expectation on a return to the team, but like no definitive answer yet. And with all respect to the situation, I completely get it. But at some point, this team needs to figure out what that answer is for sure. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily need to let the fans know what of what that decision is, but they need to know so they can address the draft. Because then again, I think that say they do add a safety, say they add some type of receiver. I was just advocating for Zach Pascal, by the way, six foot two, very similar to Juju Bill, plays in the slot, only yep. 27 years old, plays special teams for Indy. I'd go on forever, but that would be my ideal wide receiver target at this point of free agency. Uh, all of a sudden, if they add those two pieces, I, I could 100% start pounding the table for Jordan Davis in round one. Yeah, I I mean I guess I'm a little bit more on the Jordan Davis train than you are because I don't really care if they get those other pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to see Jordan Davis in black and gold. I think that I mean look, when you look at the you look at the Steelers defenses, right? They've always had that anchor on the defensive line. And we now again, they have Cam Hayward, so it's not like they don't have the anchor, but Cam Hayward's getting a little up there. Um I'd love to see Jordan Davis and I think Jordan, like if you look back to Casey Hampton, right? Mm-hmm. Casey Hampton was that immovable object in the middle of the field that opened up things for the inside linebackers. That what we were talking about early that opened up things for the safeties. You know that that allowed Troy Polamalu to roam more. 
because of the trickle-down effect that a guy like Casey Hampton provides. Uh, I think Jordan Davis has that size, but he also has a lot more athleticism than Casey Hampton. <laughs> Remember the uh, story about Casey Hampton could, couldn't run the 100-yard dash? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan yeah. Davis just ran a 40 and 48 at 300 and right. what 320 340 pounds some crazy yeah. yeah so six foot six six yeah seven, it, that's absolutely right. insane to me so I think getting that guy that can plug the middle up but also has the athletic ability to, to rush the quarterback every once in a while too he's not just going to be a mm-hmm. plug in the middle he's going to be more than that uh, I think that that's a game changer for a defense and so I'd really like to see them get him. That I, I know there's a lot of other needs, but I really would love to see that, I think, as a long-term play for the Steelers that really solidifies that defensive line for the next, you know, for the, you know, barring injury, barring anything catastrophic, really sets that defensive line up for a long time. So I'd like to see that, you know, maybe a, a wide receiver in the second or third round, um, you know, maybe, a, you know, who's there at offensive line, you know, take a look at that. Depending on what, like you said, depending on what they do, there's a couple more needs. But I, I would like to see, you know, Jordan Davis or, you know, best player available, I guess, and then you know, a wide receiver in the second or third round. I like Sky more personally. I know he's a local guy, but I mean, he's yep. out of the slot. He could really be dangerous. Runs a four three. Um, you know, he's got a lot of skill. Um, Pitt fans know what Sky Moore can do. <laughs> um, yeah. You don't so. Need to- I, Remind I, th- I think I think that that would be a pretty solid and and he has the relationship with uh with coach T um, yeah. you know he was best friends with Dino uh, Dino Tomlin uh, they played at Shady Side Academy together um, so you know I, I think that really could be a, a fit there yeah I I think uh, the way that I'm looking at it now <laughs> we keep talking about Jordan Davis but even Tomlin acknowledged the likelihood of him getting to 20 yeah that's is- true very That's slim. True. So he sure he's the ideal target, but again, I think it all goes back to the Steelers just addressing free agency like they always want to. If they have to play a game tomorrow, they feel like they have the roster to do so. And they're setting themselves up to take the best possible player at 20, not having to move up or down in the draft. And I, I think that that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to stick to 20 and just take whoever the highest rated player is on their board. What position is that going to be? I don't know, but I, I will say not arguing against myself because I completely would be completely fine with Jordan Davis at 20. Obviously I think that there is much more value in doing that and then addressing wide receiver and say, they still have to get a safety that could potentially start. It's such a deep safety and wide receiver draft. Yeah. Like, like Nick cross out of Maryland, who I I really liked as a safety. Um, I think he could still be around in uh, round three. And then if we're talking Mm -hmm. about going receiver in round two, all of a sudden you get Jordan Davis, for the sake of this conversation, say it's Sky Moore, even though I don't know that he gets there. And then Nick Cross at 84, I think that you hit a home run in those first three rounds and you addressed everything that you yeah. needed to. So I, I don't know. I don't know what their plan is going to be. All I know is that this free agency leads me to believe uh, they're just setting themselves up for BPA at 20, which is typically how they like to address And them. I'm fine. With, at the end of the day, I'm fine with that. And and this this team has proven time and time again save for drafting corners <laughs> that whatever they do in the first round, I trust them. So, I mean, it's, you know, they, they've got my trust. And if this, if this off season has proven anything, uh, they really went into this with a plan and they've executed this plan um, perfectly so far. Uh, they've got, they filled a lot of holes. They didn't use a lot of money uh, to do it and they still have some money left over and they still have the draft left over. So, you know, yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to be a competitive football team. Uh, 
the AFC North division. Yeah, the, the AFC North is is locked and loaded right now. Uh, I don't think there's a bad football team in this in this division, especially now with the Browns. You know, again, not getting into the off field stuff, but them getting Deshaun Watson is a game changer for them at quarterback. Uh, yep. Assuming he doesn't see a lot of time with a suspension. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a. I mean, this division. I have no clue who's going to win this division. I, I honestly have no clue how how this division can shake out. I could see any one of these four teams winning. I can see any one of these four teams being in fourth place because of a couple injuries. I, it, it is really up in the air for me right now. Yeah, I mean, look at Baltimore was eight and three last year before Lamar's injury. Yeah, so they're going to so be who right knows, back there. Who knows, man? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It is. It's going to be a lot you of know, fun. Zadarius Smith, when he had agreed to that deal, he's since backed out, back on the free agent market. But like when he signed with Baltimore, that's exactly what they were looking for was edge. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, man, I, I kind of like, and this is before the Watson trade as well. And when mm-hmm. Cleveland was actually rolled out before they decided, you know what? No, if Baker wants traded, that's fine. We're going to we're gonna throw 50 million more guaranteed. We're going to rip up Watson's deal and give him $230 million do, do fully you, guaranteed. Do you, What do you think about that? Just I think in general. It's a, yeah, I don't want to have to, again. I don't want to have too much of a conversation about the off-field stuff. All I'll say is I think it's a terrible look uh, to do so. Um, he's making now fifty million more fully guaranteed than any other player in football, and with everything that's looming over that, I just think it's a horrendous look from a football perspective. Uh, no first-round picks now for Cleveland in three straight years, and not it's just that. Man. When you look at the cap as well. It's going to be hard to retain guys like, okay, Denzel Ward's a free agent after this year. It's going to be hard to build a football team around that, mm-hmm. especially them taking on the full $20 million of Amari Cooper in the next three years. It's going to be interesting to that's see how Cleveland does it. Yeah, it's, I, I it's think a lot of money have, wrapped up in their offense. I think they have one of the best GMs in football and Andrew Barry. I'm going to be interested to see how he continues to build this thing. Um they're going to have to get very creative and they better yeah. win quick is is what I will say. And, and that's the thing that that is – scary if you're a Cleveland Browns fan is if Deshaun Watson sees I just realized I'm wearing orange yeah (laughs) Gabby will be proud of you (laughs) um but no if they if they okay so let's say Deshaun Watson gets the same suspension that Ben get that Ben got right so six Mm -hmm. games and they get it down to four if they better win those four games they better go three and one because if if they are you know if they go two and two or one and three in the rest of the, the rest of the divisions like you know three and one and they might have, you know, two division games in that. They're in tr- you know, they're going like to be in trouble, man. Like I, I don't care if it's Deshaun Watson or if it, or who it is. Like they're going to be in trouble if they go down a game or two in this division. So uh, they they got to win quick, but they are going to be without Deshaun. And then they just traded uh, Case Keenum. Yeah. So, but so they signed Jacoby Brissett. Okay. So, but I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, that's boy, that's going to be a tough situation for Browns, man. I don't know what they're going to do. You can go ahead and keep talking. I was just yeah, yeah. It's a nice. Not available for purchase, by the way. Yeah. Uh, no, but this is really good. T- <laughs> this is really good. My, mine good isn't the same. <laughs> That's not you. Uh, no, no. I'm I'm a little slower than a jackrabbit. <laughs> uh, no, really good Steelers talk. Um, this was not, by the way, to support the Browns or sure. It's actually Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, right? Denver Broncos. You're Russell Wilson that, guy. You know, we're talking about the AFC North. The AFC West is going to be interesting too. The, the AFC in general. I, yeah. Can can the Steelers good, can they like put a proposal to a in to be you know, like to move over to the NFC like trade trade spots with Washington? Maybe we'll see. <laughs> uh, it's no, be something, but, man. 
but great stuff, Eddie. I can't thank yep. you enough for joining me again. Um, Tyler will be back. He was, uh, if you follow him on anything, it was honeymoon week for him after getting married last week. So he'll be back next week. All the best to him and Kennedy. I know that they were looking forward to a shout out. Oh, crap. You know what I forgot to do, actually? Real quick. <laughs> Tyler wanted me to let you guys know his thoughts on the Steelers free agency. He sent me a text. I, I he spent time to take should the I put music. Stuff. Yeah, should I put like some music behind this or something? Like maybe, yeah, maybe. So this is uh this is going to be Tyler's thoughts on the free agency for the Steelers. Mitch Trubisky, love it at the cost allows the Steelers to not worry worry about QB for at least this year. Okay, Miles Jack, huge in all caps, addition to linebacker and helps a definite need on defense. Levi Wallace, another good get for a position of need on defense. Love the price point. Akella Witherspoon, got re-signed, thank goodness. I like that one. James Daniels, Mason Cole, addressing interior offensive line with some good signings, like both. Good moves. Daniels is the anchor of the offensive line for years to come. Wide receiver suddenly jumps up near the top of the priority list with the losses of Juju, Washington, and McLeod will have to draft one in probably the first two to three rounds, if not more than one. Okay. Written like, a sh- <laughs> written like Shakespeare. <laughs> All right. So Tyler will be back next week. We'll see if we can get Danny on here to talk about what the pens did, if anything, uh, at the trade deadline. Um, other than that, like I said, Eddie can't thank you enough for joining us here on Good around four, one, two. Uh, everybody, we can't thank you enough for watching or listening. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. If you aren't already, I don't know what you're doing because we got so many independent podcasts. We got the staff podcast. We got DK's daily shots. We got player interviews, coach interviews, all that good stuff. The Ramon Foster show, man. Ramon. I'm getting there. That's the, that's the highlight. (laughs) That's the headliner of the entire network. You said everything else. And I thought you just forgot it. No. How could I, how could I forget Moan? Ramon? He, he forgot you, man. Oh my goodness. The Ramon, fo- hey, moan with an exclamation point. That's right. Hey, moan, why'd Zach forget you? <laughs> hey, moan, send me some bourbon. Uh, but yeah, all that good stuff and obviously so much more on this channel. You don't need to go anywhere else. Leave us a comment for anything throughout the show that you guys want to chime in on. We will see you guys next week for Smitty, for Eddie Provident. This is around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network.